This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the world globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting England. The country that gave us English, sandwiches and soccer. And, of course, sent their convicts to Australia. Strap yourselves in to the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner as we take off and take a squiz at England. Just the facts. England is part of something called the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, which is usually shortened to the United Kingdom, or UK. It's made up of four independent countries, England, Scotland and Wales, which are found on an island called Britain, and Northern Ireland, spelled I-R-E-L-A-N-D, which is on a different island, spelled I-S-L-A-N-D. It helps if you pronounce it the way the Irish do, Ireland. England is the southernmost country of the UK, and 80% of its people live in towns and cities. But those towns and cities only cover about 10% of the country. So England is known for its green, rolling hills and open moors. Moors, M-O-O-R-S, are grassy landscapes. England is also known for being very rainy. And if a moor gets really wet, it becomes a bog. The cool thing about bogs is that they can be like quicksand and mummified bodies have been recovered from English bogs after being preserved there for thousands of years. I put a link in your episode notes to a video about the Lindo Man, one of England's most famous bog bodies. 56 million people live in England, more than double the number of people in Australia, even though our country is 59 times bigger than theirs. Overcrowding is actually one of the reasons that England started sending its criminals to Australia, which the UK colonised to create a penal colony or a gigantic prison. Today, about one third of people living in Australia say that they have English ancestry. Do you? The capital of England and the United Kingdom is London. That's where the UK Parliament sits, and it's also the main residence of the monarch, a fancy word for a king or queen. The monarch was the most powerful person in England for many centuries, and there are lots of stories about them killing each other off to get hold of the throne. Project the king! Now, the king doesn't really take on any political power anymore, but he is still officially the head of state and he could overrule or sack the elected prime minister if he wanted. The royal family also brings a lot of tourism to England. People love seeing Buckingham Palace and the Beefeater Guards out the front. Now, those royal guards are supposed to keep a straight face. I'll put a video in your episode notes of an Aussie traveller who is trying to make a guard laugh. It's pretty hilarious, although some of the jokes he reads from a book are a little fruity. Whenever you travel, it's important to learn a few words in that country's language. It's a great way to show respect. So let's... Learn the lingo. I bet you can guess what the official language of England is. Yeah, it's English. But why did such a small country end up with its language being spoken worldwide? Well, England once ruled over a huge empire of colonies. 
At one time, they were in charge of a quarter of the world's land surface and 458 million people. And wherever they went, they took their language with them. English is sometimes called the language of Shakespeare. William Shakespeare was a very famous playwright and poet from the 1500s, and you'd be amazed by how many of the words and phrases we say today were invented or first written down by him. I'll put a list in your episode notes, but the next time your parents say that you're eating them out of house and home, you can give a little nod to Shakespeare. Although we also speak English in Australia, there are some dialects from England that are actually quite tricky for us to understand, not to mention their rhyming slang. So what do you think this means? Come down the apples and pears and get the dustbin lids there, loop the loop. Hilarious, right? Well, it's rhyming slang. Apples and pears means stairs. Dustbin lids are kids. And loop the loop is apparently soup. So what they're really saying is, come downstairs and get the kids their soup. There is most definitely a link in your episode notes to more examples of Cockney rhyming slang. You'll have a lot of fun with it. And a big shout out to Squiz Kid Lenny all the way over in England for recording that for us. Well, we already speak the English language, so there are no excuses. It's time for school. In England, if you go to a fancy school that costs your parents money, it's called, wait for it, a public school. Of course, in Australia, that kind of school is called a private school. And in England, the schools that are funded by the government where you can go for free, the ones that we call public schools, are known as state schools. I actually went to a state school in England for six months when I was 11. And the thing that I found the most different from my public school in Perth was school lunches. So kids in England have a choice between bringing their own lunch or getting a hot or cold lunch served from the school cafeteria. Families who can't afford to pay for those school lunches get them for free. And when I was a kid, there was a lot of fried food involved. Nowadays, the celebrity English chef, Jamie Oliver, is one of many people leading a campaign to include more fresh fruit and veggies on English school lunch tables. Now, one of the things I quickly learned at my school was that the good food could run out quite quickly. And if you played a school sport and trained at lunchtime, you were allowed to go and get lunch first. Win. I think it must be. Sport time. The English claim that they invented football, or soccer, as we know it. Now, not everyone agrees, but there's some pretty good evidence in their favour. First of all, the rules of football were first written down in England in 1863. But it was played in public schools, remember, they're the private ones, much earlier than this. Before the rules were written down, each school actually had its own set of rules. In some schools, your opponents could catch the ball if you kicked it below their knees. Or if you caught the ball near the goals, you could score by taking no more than three standing jumps into the goal. Of course, nowadays, unless you're the goalkeeper, if you touch the ball with your hands, that is a problem. So soccer was pretty different from the rules we use today, and it was pretty rough. One student at a school called Westminster recalled this. When running, the enemy tripped, shinned, charged, and with the shoulder, got down and sat upon you. In fact, did anything short of murder to get the ball from you. Yikes! 
Of course, soccer is now the most popular game in the world. Again, I'm guessing that that English empire helped to spread it around. England has qualified for every soccer World Cup since it entered the competition in 1950, but it's only won the trophy once. All right, I've played soccer and now I am starving. I think it must be... Dinner time. Perhaps the most ubiquitous food that the English are said to have invented, and ubiquitous means it's found everywhere, is the sandwich. Sandwich is a town in southeast England, and the story goes that John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, was a terrible gambler. He would sit playing cards day and night and he didn't want to leave the card table to eat. So he ordered his servants to bring him slices of meat thrown between two slices of bread. And as other gamblers caught on, they would also say, bring me a sandwich. They named it after him. But another story goes that the Earl was extremely busy in the Navy as well as politics and he ordered his first sandwich at his desk. We'll never really know the true story. England is also famous for its fish and chips, which you buy at a shop called The Chippy. And in fact, you can combine both things and order a chip booty, which is a sandwich filled with hot chips and a brown sauce. Now, I don't think you need me to give you a recipe to make a sandwich or put hot chips between two slices of bread. So I've included in your episode notes a link to another famous English dish called Bubble and Squeak. It's a great way to cook up leftover roast veggies and the name apparently comes from the sound of the ingredients frying. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one, what is a private school called in England? Yeah, that's right. It's a public school. Question number two, Australia is how many times bigger than England? That's right, you could fit 59 Englands inside Australia. And question number three, who is the English poet and playwright whose words and phrases are a part of everyday language today? You got it, it's William Shakespeare. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to England. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. These episodes are edited and engineered by Carter Quinn.